Hey, welcome. My name is Glenn Lundy. Super excited to be launching our new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Can you believe it? That's right. The Breakfast with Champions podcast has finally arrived. This is your opportunity to get motivation, education, and inspiration every single day. And ultimately, your opportunity to get a seat at the table, to be a fly on the wall, to listen in to some conversations between some of the most amazing superhumans from around the planet. We're talking about people that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. We've got celebrity interviews with people like Tiffany Haddish and Grant Cardone, Lauren Rittiger. We've got specialists in areas like Capital Ventures, right? Or wealth building, wealth management, real estate, all kinds of incredible conversations. And what's amazing about the Breakfast with Champions podcast is you're going to be able to tune in, listen in. They won't even know you're there, right? It's just like you're, you're, you're listening in on all these incredible secrets of some of the most successful humans from all around the world. You know, when we launched Breakfast with Champions, we had no idea of the power that it was gonna have. We had no idea of the collaborations it would create. We had no idea that we'd be able to connect humans from England and Australia and Saigon and America, of course, all together in one room having powerful conversations that elevate everyone in the experience. Listen, if you like these episodes of Breakfast with Champions, do me a huge favor and let us know. We would greatly appreciate it. We pour into this. You're going to get five to six hours of content every single day, Monday through Friday, five days a week. You can keep coming back. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast. We'd appreciate it. Drop your comments, share your thoughts and your reviews. It mean the world to us if you would do that. And in exchange, we promise you that we will always create a space, a safe space where you can come. You're not going to get politics here. It's not going to happen. You'll never see any type of division in here. It's actually exactly the opposite. We have a bunch of different people with different belief systems, different upbringing, different backgrounds. We've got people from all different ethnicities all coming together. But the one thing that we share is everyone in this room shares the same heart. And it is a heart to elevate you, to encourage you, to inspire you, and to help you become the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. So if you would, do us a favor, write those reviews, subscribe to the podcast, tell your friends. We're going to be here, and we hope that you will be too. Enjoy Breakfast with Champions. You'll see there in the notes that you can skip forward. You can move back. If you need to pause it for a minute, you'll now have that opportunity to do so. We do record these daily on Clubhouse. We have a Breakfast with Champions Club there, or you can follow me, Glenn Lundy, if you'd like to see those rooms, if that's an app that you enjoy. You can always come in and tune in live, or of course, just sit back and enjoy right here on the podcast and anywhere your podcast can be found. It is such an honor and a privilege to be able to spend this time with you. I know that there are a trillion places you could have chose to be. You chose to be right here with us on Breakfast with Champions, and that means the world to me, and I absolutely stinking love you for it. So with that said, we are excited to launch the new Breakfast with Champions podcast. Thanks so much. Then uh, back to the monkeys. <laughs> yeah, man, Joy, Joy said, or you could have eight kids, right? I guess I've got a bunch of little monkeys too, but my guess is they'll probably cost more than 1.5 million lifetimes. I was just going to say yeah. that, Glenn. <laughs> 
cost me two hundred dollars to take him to a movie on Sunday. So I'm, I'm, I'm quite sure it'll be one more than one point five. <laughs> so we just need to get some of those monkeys on a champion circle video, and uh, you know, multiple multiple memberships. And so before we get started, Glenn, I, you know, this is the perfect way we can we can kind of co-reset the room. Finish. Help me finish the reset. Tell people that are listening to this replay. Sometimes people jump in and they just listen to the replay for five or ten minutes. So let's finish this reset by telling people what's going on with Breakfast with Champions, what's going on with the Champion Circle, and then we'll pass over to Sue. Give them, give them some news, Glenn. Yeah, there is so much going on with uh, Breakfast with Champions. And one of the things that we're committed to is, is giving people access, right, access to people and access to information, right? Your relationship capital and the information that you have access to are the two greatest accelerators for your business or really all areas of your life, right? Relationships and information. And so we're committed to creating new levels of access. And one of the levels that we just launched is the Champion Circle. We had our first session last night. And the Champion Circle is where we actually get together on Zoom every week face-to-face and we get to meet with some of the most incredible coaches trainers mentors business people in the world Um, our lineup is insane of the trainers that are a part of this particular program it's really 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 phenomenal and so we had our first session last night and it's an opportunity to dive deep with those that are looking to get to that next level right if you're currently Uh, drawing in five figures, you're trying to get to six, we're going to be able to help you do that. If you're at six figures trying to get to seven, we can help you do that. We have people that are in our trainers that have reached the eight figure and the nine figure level. So if you're trying to get to there, we can help in those areas, right? If you're trying to really build your personal brand, maybe you're trying to get on more stages, more speaking opportunities. These are all things that we can do as we leverage our experiences and our relationships to help you grow and elevate. So Champion Circle, we're super, super, super excited about it. We do have room. There's more seats at the table. So if anybody wants to be a part of that, they can go to the Champions Circle. I'm sorry, championscircle.live. Get rid of the, the word the on there. Championscircle.live or just DM me the word champions and I can send you that link so that you can be a part of it. Our next session will be next Monday and we definitely want you to be a part. Championscircle. Live. I love it. I love it. I love it. And with that said, guys, or you can click on that button at the top of the page, Breakfast with Champions. Live. You can click on that if you're listening to the replay, listening live. With that said, welcome to the social media show. Let's dive into content. We're here to help you gain clarity on the next steps or on any steps that you can take to move your business, your your life forward using social media. And Tuesday has always been TikTok Tuesday, short form video. So let's dive into it. Kelsey Stark, who the, uh, uh, I'm lost. I don't have my notes in front of me. Who do we have with the first segment? Who, who's, who's coming up? <laughs> I have no idea who would do the first segment. That is not true at all. I know exactly who it is. This woman is uh, no stranger to audio, uh, is dominating the social audio space, but got absolutely crushing it on TikTok. She is the woman who can absolutely take the most complex of uh, ideas and things that you want to do on social media and break it down into a form that you can just get it and you can just understand and it doesn't seem as intimidating as, oh God, I'm going to hop on TikTok and I got to do this, I got to do that. 
this beautiful human inside and out has absolutely crushed it. She has guided us for the last, oh gosh, what, 11 months now, or I guess a little bit, maybe 10 months now. Um, but we are so happy to have her as part of our social media family. Uh, with that being said, just a small note before I pass it directly to her, uh, I want to get her up to the top a little bit so everyone can see who's speaking. So if I gently tuck you down, don't worry, I'm bringing you right back up. I just want to get her up here. But that is the amazing, the wonderful, the extremely talented Miss Sue Zimmerman. Could you imagine if I wasn't at my mic and it was just like absolutely quiet after that amazing introduction? <laughs> it's been really awkward. <laughs> no, I caught it all. I absorbed it all. Thank you, Kelsey. Thank you, Nate. Thank you, Glenn. Thank you, everybody uh, that is here today for our talk about short video. Yeah, we've been doing this week after week after week. And, you know, really what we're talking about is vertical short form video, but that's such a long word and name that I, I just like to call it short video and so of course TikTok is the one that really exploded over the last couple of years. I joined TikTok two years ago and uh, like you I thought possibly like you I thought no I'm too old for this and no I can't dance. So those were my first two objections but I'm going to talk about today um, some real life examples of people who are absolutely crushing it on TikTok and that have been a huge inspiration to me over the last couple years. Um, because, you know, here we go, we are coming to the end of the year. And uh, I know for me, as the year winds down, I start thinking about um, all of the things that happened over the last year. And wasn't it a crazy one? <laughs> and look at us all. We, none of us, most of us didn't even know each other a year ago. Uh, so clearly, so much has happened over the last year. And I also like to look at the things that maybe I said I was going to do that I didn't do. And a lot of times that is uh, content, content creation. You know, we talk about being consistent and I'm telling you the power of consistency is so amazing. But I, I hear it time and time again. I'm going to do it. I'm going to I'm going to do uh, a video a day or I'm going to do three videos a week and I'm starting now or I'm going to post every single day for 90 days and and you know it doesn't always happen that way so if you're looking over the last year and you're not feeling like you maybe did as much as you said you were going to do or you didn't check off a few of the things that you thought you would uh, I want to just give you a little bit of uh, encouragement and inspiration I mean it's never too late right I always I always talk about this whole consistency thing uh, with with short video or, or any sort of social media content creation. It really is a lot like going to the gym. So the more you do it, the stronger your muscles get and the easier it gets and the more it becomes just part of your daily life, you know? So whether it's going to the gym or whether it's making a video, I find it very similar. And when you stop, it's also like when you stop going to the gym, you know, you can stop for a couple days and then you jump back in no problem. But if you stop for a week or two or three, or, you know, you're going on to a month of not going to the gym, it gets a lot harder to get back in there. So I, I it's really the same if you're creating content, but the cool thing is, is that we can always start. It doesn't, it doesn't ever that opportunity to begin never ever ends so you can do a video today or tomorrow or the next day it doesn't matter but i do 
highly encourage you if you are thinking about doing this and you've been coming to these shows week after week. I mean, we're here Monday through Friday and we have been since the beginning of, you know, the rush into clubhouse since January of 2020, we have been here uh, every day talking about social media and all of the different strategies and all of the different ways. Hey listeners, if you enjoy listening to breakfast with champions, we can bet you care about your daily routine. Do you want to know the secret to the perfect routine? It's the perfect morning. Glenn has written a free ebook called The Morning Five, five simple steps to an extraordinary morning. If you can transform your morning, you can transform your life. Head on over to themorningfive.com to learn more about the five ways you can change the way you start your day. That you can be you on the internet and get yourself out there and known and get the exposure that you know that you deserve. But, you know, it doesn't always happen that way. So um, here's a couple other things that I've been thinking about when I try to really get an understanding of what it is that holds people back from from doing these things. And and I know that we're here talking about short video in particular. So I'm going to focus on that. Uh, And one of the things that after I I thought, well, I'm too old for TikTok and I can't dance. (laughs) So so now what? then I just thought, like, how the freak, how do you actually make a video? Like, I'm opening up the app, and how do I actually make a video? How do I make it so that I'm, maybe I'm wearing two different outfits, and I'm, like, I'm in pajamas, and then I'm in a ball gown, and then I'm in pajamas, and then I'm, you know, how do I do that? How do I make these multiple clips? It was all of these questions about how the app actually works. Uh, so the other one was, how do I get from the, the kind of content that I'm used to creating. I'd been making, you know, doing webinars and much longer videos and trainings over the years. And how, how was I gonna get all of that information into under 15 seconds, <laughs> right? So that was a huge one. And so what I, like, what, I, what I did after that is what I like to call TikTok immersion. So I joined TikTok two years ago I thought of all the things that I didn't understand about it or or all the reasons why I couldn't do it. And then I just decided, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to shelve all that for a second here. And I'm actually going to learn this thing and I'm going to figure out why this thing is working and why there are people actually doing some amazing things on here. And so I jumped into what I call TikTok immersion. It was my own thing. I, I wasn't, doing it with anybody. I just made a point of spending as much time as I possibly could on that app and learning that app. And that works for anything. You know, it works here on Clubhouse. If you spend a lot of time here learning what works, implementing what works, spending time here doing it, it's the exact same thing. So I really did make it my mission, though, to um, not only learn the app, but actually do the app, use the app, so implement all the things that I learned, and then make sure that I had some really great results with it. Because I love to, I love to teach this technology, but I, I feel like I'm a much better teacher at it if I can actually implement it myself and get some results from it. So that's, that has really been my thing for a while, and that was my thing on TikTok. And I just got a, a real understanding really quickly of how to make these videos, how to actually use this app the way that it was created so that is for really short little videos that get people's attention really quickly it's not about sharing your whole lifelong message in a whole minute Uh, so it was really just embracing what the app was built for getting an understanding of it doing it getting some results with it and then 
teaching as many people as I possibly could. So when I got onto Clubhouse, um, you know, much to my uh, enjoyment <laughs> and happiness, I, I came across the social media show and, you know, I found my place here and I found that I could offer up some of the things that I had learned uh, in my little TikTok immersion that I had put, put myself through. So today I just want to talk about uh, the things that I learned, the things that not only I have done, but a lot of the people that I've worked with over the last couple couple years have done, uh, and really what it takes. And I, I'm just so curious from people that are here, and I want to open up hand raising. If you're not not up on stage, please come up, uh, ask your questions. If you have a story that you want to share today, I would love to hear from you. I want to uh, open it up, but I, I just wanted to be here to find out really you know, what it is, if you're looking back over the last year, what is it on social media and with short video specifically that you haven't been able to do that you wanted to do? And what is it that's stopping you? Like what's actually stopping you from opening up the app and making a video today? So if you would like to share uh, along that line, give me a mic flash and I'll bring you up here or come on up and ask. Um, I do have I have a few stories that I want to share. Um, any mic flashes? Give me a mic flash if you want to talk. I All right. Into... Oh, go for it, Kelsey. Awesome. Say, um, things got a little cra hectic, crazy around here. Um, you know, we had a we had to intake a bunch of clients or onboard a bunch of clients and then we had the embrace your ambition conference and i just felt like i was so off all over the place and then i realized that i have been neglecting my TikTok. so i actually said today that i was going to make sure that i was here and i was present for your segment today because i am going to start doing TikToks again uh, starting today and making sure that I'm repurposing them to all the other places that we've talked about. Um, and I loved when you were putting in our back channel how much um, traction you were getting with the Facebook Reels. So I'm really excited to download, you know, my TikToks and do all the things that we talked about um, and then see what exactly is happening with the Facebook Reels. I have taken some of my old TikToks and put them on um, reels and I've kind of been leveraging that as well to see how they perform. Uh, so I'm, I'm getting back to it starting today. And I actually was inspired by Marcus and Ashley's Holy Spirit activate because I was crying the entire time. Oh my gosh. Amazing. Yes. Oh, I love it, Kelsey. And you know, it's, it's always good to circle back around, right? Just like if you stop going to the gym, it's always okay to, to go back through the doors of the gym. You never, ever have to feel embarrassed. It's, it's never too late. So I love to hear that. So uh, I want to talk about a few people that I have been working with over the last couple of years on TikTok that have seen some amazing results. They're just regular people. They didn't have a huge following online before. Uh, that's one of the things I really love about TikTok is that it doesn't matter what kind of a following you had before you get there you can start from scratch you can start from zero and build something really really quickly and so that and that keeps happening I, I'm seeing that still happening all the time so I'm going to get into that but first I did want to touch on Facebook Reels I'm glad you brought that up Kelsey so you know we talk about all the different platforms you, we've got TikTok then we've got Instagram Reels YouTube Shorts Snapchat, Spotlight, Pinterest, Idea Pins, and then most recently, finally, 
Facebook jumped onto the short video game. They, they're they still trying to figure it out. It's still kind of clunky. It's called Facebook Reels. You should, everybody, I believe, has it by now. It was a pretty slow rollout, but it seems that everybody got it right around the beginning of October. So that was about six weeks ago uh, as of now. And um, so what we're seeing is that there's still not a lot of people adding content and there's still a huge opportunity. It very much is the wild, wild west on Facebook. So with Facebook Reels specifically, I've had, uh, I think, 2 million views of my videos. Just to give you an example, I haven't even put very many on there, um, but I'm, I'm getting the kind of reach that I have never, ever seen before in my whole time on Facebook. So I, I, always, um, I'm, I always like it when we bring that up again because it's definitely something that we want to pay attention to. You know, that kind of opportunity doesn't come along on Facebook very often. Um, and prime example, Christy, who is here. Christy, can you just give me a mic flash if you're able to talk? Awesome. So, Christy, can you tell us about your latest Facebook Reel and what's going on with it? Oh, my goodness. I've been having so much fun um, because I didn't really jump on the bandwagon with TikTok. So, I'm... I built a lot of online businesses on Facebook, so I was excited when they rolled out Reels, and um, I have one right now that's taken off, um, and I don't even know, it's just funny, because you never know, like you said, which ones will take off and which ones won't. I have a couple that had like 3K views, um, and and on, like, on Instagram Reels, I had a couple that hit like 7K views, so I thought that was good, but this one is 348K views and I was like holy smokes and it's still going like people are just loving it and I love that and I'm, people are a different crowd like you said on Facebook um, compared to other platforms which every platform I believe has different you know attributes and crowds and so it's just been um, pretty awesome and I think uh, the key is to interact with people too I've been trying to um, I, I've always built my businesses that way is to give more than you take and I always, I always try to interact with people because they love that. And so that's one of my tips. So there you go. Love it. So 348,000. All right. So if anybody is wondering if um, Facebook Reels can get you any traction, <laughs> I love that, Christy. That is so awesome. And, and, fi like and five, almost 6,000 people have shared it. That's pretty crazy. Have shared it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That is so that's nuts. cool. Hey, Sue, can I ask what the video is about? Of course. Yeah. Hi, Kate. Yes. So my title on it said, um, we all need to smile this happy. Did you smile? And it's a, it's a gentleman dancing. It's a, it's a dancing trucker. Um, and I had seen the video a long time ago, and I'd posted it on my Facebook years ago, um, I think like a year ago. And I, a lot of my friends had liked it. But now that we had reels, I'm like, I'm going to, repurpose it and post it on there because I want to make people smile. And I was just having fun one day and just put it on there. And it really didn't take off at first. It only had not, not as many. And then all of a sudden somebody started sharing it and then people started sharing it. And now it's at 349 K. So it should hit 350 here in a few minutes. It's just been going up like last night, yesterday it was at 111 K views. And now since so many people share it, it just keeps going up. So it's fun. I'm excited to see what's going to happen. And Sue, you're such an inspiration. So I just listen to whatever she says and I do it. So <laughs> this is Thank Heather. You. Quick question. Did you pin a comment to the top of that video um, that gives people a call to action? No, I didn't. You definitely should do that. I know. I don't know if you can pin comments on Facebook, can you? On Facebook Reels? I know you can on other ones, but 
I'm not sure. That's a good question. Yeah. But I have pinned comments before, like, on Reels, on regular Reels, on um, yeah, yeah, Instagram. Yeah. I've done that before, yes. But I'll try it. But um, I should try it on my other ones. But I usually will give a call to action. Like, um, this one I said did – I was just trying to learn, really. So I said, did he make you smile? And so people have been saying, yes, oh, my gosh. Yeah, yeah. I've only got a few a few bad comments um, that I remember Tom and I remember Sue saying – if you get a bad comment, don't delete it. Just keep them because people like to argue in the comments too. So, but like if somebody will say, oh, why would he dance like that? He goes, he's going to stop traffic and all this stuff. Anyway, you guys will have to go look on my Facebook, but it's on my main page. So now I want to start doing them on business because I did get asked to be in the Reels creator program. So, but I need to start doing them on my business page. So yeah, it's fun. Back to you, Sue. Very cool. Thank you, Christy. Awesome. So yeah, anybody else who has some experience on Facebook Reels, if you want to share, you are welcome to do that. And if you have any questions, we don't have, uh, I don't see anybody yet here to ask a question. Is there anybody here that wanted to? Give me I a have a question, Sue. Sure. Hi, Kate. Awesome. <laughs> Hi, Sue. Okay. I'm just so, okay, I'm probably more fascinated than ever because I did start doing more TikToks over the weekend and was kind of having fun just playing around. And as you were talking, so Kelsey, we can be accountability partners with getting back ads yes, for short, short videos. <laughs> um, totally. Love it. Um, so my question is, because Sue, you said something about, um, you talked about um, repurposing. I guess I always have this question for people that are doing it well, because I want to be able to repurpose the content, but when you do it on, like, what platform is easiest to repurpose? Like, are you doing TikTok to repurpose or is it easier to just like record and then use it, use that recording and other things? Like what is, what's the best way to repurpose all this stuff? Cause I feel like doing one video and being able to put it on Instagram reels, TikTok, and um, I mean, just everywhere. What are your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, there's, there is definitely a lot of different workflows that you can choose. So it, it really depends on what works for you. Uh, I think everybody has their favorite app, um, whether you like to actually create within Instagram reels or within TikTok or somewhere else, or some people like to just do it on their phone and then upload it to those different platforms. Uh, personally, my preference is, uh, TikTok, I just, I like the app the best. I think it's got the most features and the most uh, capabilities and it's the easiest. And it's also the one that I just started using first. So, uh, you know what I mean? If you're already comfortable using something else, then I say like, go with that. If you're, you know, if you're already creating those videos. Um, so for me, yeah, it's just, that's what, what I prefer. So I do them first in TikTok. Uh, I save them to my phone. I remove the watermark and then I upload them anywhere else. By the time you, by the time it's on your phone and the watermark's gone and we can get into that whole conversation, I'll just say it really quick. There's, uh, there's save tick. I don't know. Save talk is still around. I have a way of doing it that I prefer that is manual so that I don't have to rely on those apps. It's really easy. I've got a video it's on YouTube. It's called how to remove the watermark from TikTok, or just DM me and I'll send it to you. But um, whatever you do, you want to get the watermark off because Instagram doesn't like the TikTok watermark and Facebook doesn't like the TikTok watermark and nobody does, right? They all want the, they all want the, the content to look like it came from them. 
So, so really once you are at that point where you've got the video and the watermark is gone, um, then you are free to put it wherever you, wherever you want it to go. Now, then there's the issue of music. So if you're creating a video on TikTok and you're using the music from TikTok and then you download it and then you upload it somewhere else and it's got that music on it, you're actually crediting yourself as the creator of that music because it's your name that, that it's, that's attached to that music, not the original creator. And so ideally, if you are using music on any of the platforms, you want to find a piece of music that you can get on each one so that you could upload the video without the music and then add the music from that platform so that it's credited to the, uh, the artist. Uh, not to say that you can't get away with it because you can, but it's, but you shouldn't. And, you know, if you, if you want really big things to happen with your videos, then you should be, you know, following the rules. So um, I don't know if that was part of the info you wanted, Kate, but uh, just a few thoughts on that. I'm sure there's others that have uh, different workflows. Anybody else want to share what they do? This is Heather. I actually do the same thing you do, Sue, and I, I like going from TikTok to Instagram to YouTube shorts to whatever because um, the trends start over on TikTok. So Instagram, the trends are like two, three weeks, sometimes you know a little longer, who knows, um, but they're behind. So that's why I utilize TikTok because you're kind of like hitting the trends right when it's happening. So that's all I wanted to say. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks, Heather. I have a question because now that I'm committing to doing more TikToks and reels and whatnot, um, would you recommend, because I do find the TikTok platform easiest to create on, um, would you recommend downloading the video, obviously removing the watermarks and all of that stuff, uploading it into reels, but removing the sound and then adding the sound from reels, if that makes sense? Kind of, yeah, if you can, like if you can find the exact same song or at least a song that would work in the same way, um, you could either, yeah, you can mute the sound on the video before you upload it to Instagram and then just add the sound from there. This is going to get interesting, my friends. <laughs> Does that make sense? You know, I it's it's um it's kind of tricky too, and, and I've done this a, a few times, and it it's very it's quite challenging especially if you're doing a lip sync to try to get the song uh from the second platform and to have it line up exactly like if you've got a lip sync that's bang on on tiktok so this is what's happened to me on my facebook reels is that all my lip syncs are just slightly off because i've i've added the music in after and it just doesn't match up exactly the same um so I mean, that's something if you care a lot about your like perfect lip syncing, <laughs> but if you're dancing, then having like that very split second of a difference in the audio is, is not really going to make a difference anyway. Makes total sense. Awesome. And Kate, was that good for you? Did you get your question answered or have any follow-up questions? Oh, sorry. I was in the other app. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's all yes. good. <laughs> I was looking at stuff. Yes, I I feel like I just have to play around with it. But yeah, you definitely answer my questions. That's always just been my challenge. But I guess um, I'll I'll try the the app that gets rid of the watermarks and see. Uh, but I was playing around with those lip sync videos, which I've never done, and was kind of having fun with them. So 
thank you. Uh, thanks for the, I, I feel like I have so many questions, so I'm going to, I'm going to pass the mic to other people. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, definitely stick around, Kate. If you've got more, you're welcome to ask them. I'm, I'm happy to, I'm happy for this to be a Q and a for, you know, the rest of my time, if you want it to be. So I, I'm all good with that. So we are here in the social media show. Uh, we are going to be talking about Twitter a little bit later on with Michael Robinson. That's awesome because I definitely need a Twitter update. Uh, right now we're talking about short video, mostly TikTok, but then also all of the other platforms that you can now repurpose your short video on. Um, so a, a few people that I wanted to tell you about one, um, is named Dave Worthen. You may have heard me talk about him. He's been on TikTok for just over a year. He's a marriage counselor and has been for over 40 years. He is now 69 years old. So for anybody who says that they're too old, I always like to tell them about Dave. Dave joined TikTok when he was 68. He now has, I had to go check, he's at 199,000 followers exactly today. So I'm sure he's going to pass that 200,000 mark any day here. And he this is what he does so I'm, I'm telling you the formula here and you've heard it here many many times and you've heard it not only in when we talk about short video but but pretty much any social media really uh the the formula that dave does is that he creates great content it's very specific to his target audience he uses relevant hashtags and he does it every day so that's pretty much it so he he got into a groove of he's a he lives in Florida so he's he's always up early in the morning running on the beach and so he got into uh, the groove of every morning while he was out on his run he would do his video so that's what that's what makes it that's what is different for people who say they want to be consistent versus somebody who actually becomes consistent is they figure out how to work it into their daily life. So for, for Dave, you know, he goes for his run and he does his video and then he has like thousands of raving fans. So he feels amazing. I'm sure every time he posts a video, uh, but what has happened for Dave with his business, because he, he joined TikTok when COVID hit, he actually came and found me and, and bought my coaching program before I even did it. Uh, and before he had even done his first TikTok because he wanted to learn how to do it he thought if I can figure this out, then maybe I can somehow move my marriage counseling practice uh, into my home and do it from there and do it from, for people all over the world. And, and that was always his plan. And it was as simple as adding a link from his bio and getting people to book a 15 minute call on Zoom and then scheduling them in for private sessions. And uh, <laughs> He came to, he's, he's still in my coaching program. He came last week. He said, okay, so I can't, I have to figure out something else because I can't fit any more people into my day. Like I'm booked solid. There's people that want to talk to me and they can't. And I, you know, there's only so many hours in a day. Uh, the guy had, he had to remove the link from his bio at one point because he just couldn't keep up. Like it just, things just took off for him. He is 100% home based now. He works all day, every day, you know, just doing what he loves to do and it really was all because of TikTok. so again if you if you don't see the opportunity or if you think maybe it's not for you because you're a bit older or it's not going to work for your niche or your topic i i, I i'm going to disagree because i just keep seeing it seeing it happen uh over and over again and and it's it's happening recently too so ali jewel is another one she 
She's been on for about five or six months. She's a sex and intimacy coach. So she's got some definite um, content hurdles, <laughs> you know, with the content that she does, she's got to be a little bit careful. So she was well aware of that. Uh, she jumped in, she just got really consistent, started speaking to her target our audience. She's built a following of 60,000 in four months. Uh, another one is Ali Payne, who I actually interviewed here a few weeks ago. She's a real life, a person that I know in real life. I, I've known her uh, for years. We met at the gym and I could see her doing all these amazing, amazing things online. I said, Ali, you got to get into TikTok. And she resisted and resisted and resisted. And then finally she did it. And she is like the queen of consistency. She does uh, videos that are for parenting teens. She got very, very specific. You know, she went from being a, a relationship coach to not just parenting, but parenting teens. So she, she really honed in very specific. And she is almost about to break 500,000 followers. She's at 497,000. And she was at about 60,000 in the first year. And just in the last, like since last summer, uh, just really took off. And, and the thing that she says was, kind of the game changer for her the thing that really kicked things into high gear was when she just she started speaking to her listeners or her viewers in the in with the language that they use she took a copywriting course you know it's all the stuff we talk about I mean Tom Challen is a master of of talking about copywriting and and using the words and the psychology and and how you need to speak to people and Ali just she made it her mission to master that to figure out how to speak to her audience in the way that they speak and that she was uh, identifying with them. So she went from like 60,000 to almost 500,000 in like just the last few months. Nuts. And she's getting, uh, she's getting calls from all sorts of media. She's in Canada as well as, as I am. And um, she's been on media across the country when they're looking for a parenting expert, they find Allie Payne on, uh, on TikTok. So Here's the thing that I've, I've been kind of, I've been mulling over today when I, I came to this. I wanted to like look at these, you know, a few of these people that I've worked with and, and uh, what they've done, you know, Dave and Ali Payne and Ali Jewel. And again, it's all the things we talk about. It's being consistent. It's creating content specifically for your audience, content that they really love and enjoy and want and get value from, right? That's a big one. You've got to figure out, of course, how to, how to get good at creating content, but also using the relevant hashtags. So all of those things, all of those strategies that we talk about, but the two things that all of them have done that, that you may not be doing. And one of them already came up. It was a huge one. Kelsey talked about it. And then Kate's like, Oh, that's what I need. It's accountability. It's accountability. So, so if you're, if you're, consistent and you're creating great content and you're using the hashtags and you're doing all the strategies that you can, you know, learn, learn here. If, if you don't have that accountability and not everybody needs it, I managed to do it. Like I was so focused on my own TikTok immersion. I did a video. I rarely missed a day for a year and a half because it just was my focus, but it doesn't always work for everybody to, to just be able to have that discipline. Just like, you know, maybe you can go to the, you, you either like to go to the gym by yourself or it works much better if you have a partner. 
and accountability partners. So that's something that a lot of people are missing. And I mean, you know, you, you can see it happening right here. This is a perfect place to find accountability partners. Look around if you see somebody that you can also see is, is you know, making an effort to make things happen on social media, but maybe needs that uh, extra, you know, push. Or even when you know you have to report to an accountability partner, sometimes that's enough. Uh, and then the other thing that, that Ali and Ali and Dave and all of the people that I've seen be successful is that they've been learning as well. So they've either, either been part of a coaching program or they're, they're coming here every week and they're learning what to do and they're taking the proven strategies and they're implementing them. So, uh, so that is really the, the full picture. And I think sometimes we, forget about those other things that, um, you know, it's probably a lot more of the mindset stuff. Uh, sure, we can learn all of the things that we need to do, but are you opening up? Because really, if you are committed to it, and I know this because I've done it, and I also know it because I haven't, my, my consistency has not been focused on TikTok over the last month. It's been in other places. But I, and I know that if and when I want to be consistent on TikTok, I know how to do it. I know how to make sure that I'm going to play into what the algorithm wants and I'm gonna give the, the kind of content that, that my viewers want to see and I'm gonna do all those things and I'm gonna make it work because it, it, it's, a, it's a pretty easy, uh, no, it's a simple proven strategy. It may not be easy, right? There's a lot of steps, of course, that you have to take, but it does work and it keeps working. And we have so many uh, bright lights here that show up here on Clubhouse. I'm just having a look at who's here right now. So thank you for joining us. And if you have a question or if you would like to uh, contribute to the conversation, we're talking about short video and all of the things that are involved in short video, whether it be the strategies and all the different things to actually create a video, but also the mindset aspect and how, how are you making sure that you're getting into the mindset or the groove or the discipline, the determination, the commitment of being consistent. Anybody else want to add to the conversation? If not, hey, I'm going back to Kate. Yes. Hey, Sue. It's Matt. Good question. So you talked about the trends on TikTok, and obviously, you know, when there's a song that's hot and, and you use that song in your video somehow or doing different things. Have you seen anything similar? Obviously, I don't think anything on Facebook yet, but like Instagram, have you seen anything similar to that? Are they going to try to duplicate that on Instagram like they do on TikTok? I'm sure that they would love that. Um, that's a great question, Matt. I'm sure that um, Instagram would love that. I just don't see it happening. Heather actually brought that up. Um, I've never seen, I, I don't know. I, I think because that because TikTok was, uh, not that they were the first that ever had a, a short video, but they're certainly the first that used this type of algorithm that they have and that created the, the, the type of viewing that happens on TikTok where uh, you're served up a video as soon as you open up the app, you get a video, you can scroll through to the next one, you can keep scrolling. Um, that's just a, that's a whole different style of viewing that we hadn't seen before. So TikTok was the first. And now all of, I mean, you know, if, if Instagram can say like, hey, no, we didn't, we didn't copy TikTok. Like, how could they even say that? They're all, the, they're all exactly the same. The reels, the, the YouTube shorts, the Facebook reels, if you open up those apps, they're all 
pretty much a, an exact replica of TikTok. But what those apps don't have is that viral trending algorithm way that, you know, that TikTok has. I mean, I guess they're all... Um, they're, they're all trying to make that happen, and certainly it's working in a way, but I just, I'm not seeing it happening as far as trends go, Matt. I, I don't know what, it, I would love to hear what other people think about that, but I have yet to see a trend happening on Instagram first and then making its way over to TikTok. It just, it just doesn't seem to be like that. Is that what you've noticed, Matt? Yeah, that, that's what I've noticed, too. So I was just wondering if you or anyone else had seen anything different. So I... I wonder if you know they'll try to do that on instagram or even with facebook um try to duplicate that because that's why you know as you were saying a lot of people like tiktok more because you can get on that and go viral and get the numbers up pretty quickly as opposed to the other platforms yeah except i'm seeing crazy things happening on facebook reels with uh yeah i've got had some some videos that have done way hundreds of thousands of views on facebook reels versus tiktok but that wasn't a trend that was starting on Facebook by any means. In fact, it was a trend a trend that had happened on TikTok by the time it got to Facebook. It was old news, really. Like, it was an old, outdated trend by then, but everybody on Facebook was like, wow, this is amazing. Um, but I also, just to touch on the whole trend thing, I'm not all about just finding the trends and jumping on the trends at all. I, You know, I keep an eye on trends. I personally jump on trends sometimes um, actually for for enjoyment most of the time because they're really a lot of fun. Trends are, are really upbeat, positive things. You know, trends are rarely negative, uh, sad things. You know what I mean? Trends are always fun. So I do like to keep an eye on them and sometimes jump in them. But I, I do believe that the best thing that you can do is find your own voice on any of these platforms. Um, and that can happen anywhere. You know, if you've already got a big audience on Instagram and you're comfortable there and you like the app and you want to just create your reels in there and you want to post them on Instagram, you can still do big things. And it, it doesn't have to be necessarily a trend. It can be your own thing. So thank you for that, Matt. Anybody else have a question or something? Hi, hey, Marcella. Sir, it's, it, yeah, it's Michael. So this is an interesting observation and I would love some opinions from you on this. So. When it comes to the trends, I mean, obviously, I have a unique account when it comes to TikTok because, like Glenn was joking earlier, my magic bullet there is because I am doing that specifically around the monkeys. But what I have found, if I don't jump on a trend very, very early, like within the first few hours of something hitting, generally, when I recreate a video that's based on a trend, I tend to get shadow banned or tend to just not have hardly any traction around that trend. And so I'm just curious your thoughts on that, you know, since we're talking about trends. Yeah, the shadow banning thing is a very subjective topic, I think. You know, is there really shadow banning? I think it's a word that gets used a lot, you know, whether it's actually happening or not. Um, but I also think, and this is actually Hartman Ray, who has spent a lot of time in this room, they they have like millions of followers. And one of the, one of the things that they talked about was that and they know some insider people at TikTok is that TikTok will look at an account either as a um, original content creation or an account that you, that does that uses sounds like trending sounds. It's like one or the other. 
And I would think for you, Michael, because you have something that is so like, honestly, the first time I, I was met you in the room here, Michael, and, and somebody said, yeah, you've got the monkeys. And like, I thought they were kidding, right? Like, I thought, you know, if anybody could make up the perfect way to get viewers on TikTok, you would be like going and, and getting monkeys, right? Like, I thought that was a joke. And then, and then I went and checked you out. I'm like, oh my gosh, he, he really does have the monkeys. Like, I don't think my personally, Michael, I don't think that you need to be jumping on trends. I think that what you have is your own thing already. And that the trends are really more for those who, who don't necessarily have their own original thing and, and need that sort of fuel to help them along. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. No, I, t and I totally agree with that. It's rare. It's usually something that's just fun to jump on the trends, right? It's just been a really interesting thing is that anytime I make those trend videos and it's, it's only worked one time, but this is a curious, curious thing that I still scratch my head about. Anytime I make those trend videos, uh, which is like maybe four out of the like 400 videos that I've created since I opened the account, they never go to the for you page. They're the only videos that get hidden from the for you page. So it's a really interesting thing to see and try, try to understand a little bit of the why behind it. Yeah, I mean, that's probably a good sign that TikTok really likes your content, your original content. You and your monkeys are, are everything that TikTok wants and needs without even bringing in any of the trends. So, I, you know, I, I th maybe there's some truth to that. Maybe they're not pushing it out because they just see your account as very much an original creator. So, yeah, interesting point. Thanks, Michael. And I'm going to go over, I've got... Uh, Marcella coming up. I'm going to go to Rocky and then Marcella. Hi, Rocky. Hey, Sue, have we, uh, have we reset the room in a while? No, let's do that first, Nate. Christy, Is that yeah, you, Christy's Nate? A, Where am I yeah, Christy, yeah. Okay, go for it. Yeah, 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 I'm somewhere on here. Christy, give us a reset, and then we'll jump back to the question. Awesome. Good. Hey, good morning, everybody. Good morning, winners. You guys are in the Breakfast with Champions, the Millionaire Breakfast Club. So go to the top of the screen. Make sure you're following the club. And we are in every morning in the Breakfast with Champions. We bring you motivation, education, and inspiration from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. every Monday through Friday. And then we go from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. every Saturday, Saturday. And Club 111 Church Service, our worship, on Sunday. We have an incredible social media show that you guys are in. And we do that every Monday through Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. So make sure you guys or tapping on our faces and following us and coming back for more. Sue has given us some awesome, awesome content today. And did you know that we have a podcast also? So if you ever miss a moment here with Breakfast with Champions, if you want to go share this experience with a friend, just go to www.breakfastwithchampions.live, click at the top link and subscribe and share the podcast. We'd love to have you guys there. Back to you, Miss Sue. Ah. Finding my microphone. Thank you. Thank you so much, Christy. Okay, over to you, Rocky. Hi, good morning. Can y'all hear me? Okay, because I know I work in cement. We you got you. are sounding great. Yes. All right, awesome. So I love the conversation with trending and virality because I always ask this of my uh, my clients is why do you want to go um, viral and why do you want to, you know, fight to get the trends? And it's kind of like a subjective question, but I'm actually curious because a lot of times we want to go viral to help our business and our brand, but our business and our brand isn't even structured to capture these people when it happened. Or we go viral and then, oops, it's too late. I didn't set up anything to capture them. 
So my thought process behind this, and I would love to hear anybody else's thoughts, but my thought process behind this is if you spend all of that energy and marketing to the right people, whether you go viral or not, you'll get the business that you deserve versus going viral and hoping and wishing that you get the business that you deserve. Because as soon as I switched that, because I used to drive myself crazy trying to go viral on TikTok and reels and all these things. But as soon as I switched the energy to putting out the right content and the right message and making sure that I find the right people, even if I did not get, you know, 50 million views, I still got 4,000 new followers that are now funneled into my business and my system. So just something to think about. I mean, trending and viral is great. People can see you, but once they see you, what happens next? You're popular. So what? You're not making any money. So that's just my thoughts. Yeah, I love that, Rocky. Absolutely. You know, creating the great content that your audience wants versus creating something that you think is going to go viral. I, I, I love that. And then if it goes viral, just consider that a bonus, right? So make it about your audience first and then, hey, if it takes off, great, but it doesn't necessarily need to be the, the uh, utmost goal, that's for sure. Let's go over to Marcella. Marcella has had some huge success on TikTok, and I'd love to uh, hear from you, Marcella. How are things going? Where are you at? Did you have something you wanted to share today? Oh, yes, so that, hello, hello, hello from Europe. Yes, I always love to be around here you, with you because you bring so much uh, uh, fun and incredible news. And I never, <laughs> I'm in your program, but in the evening, I'm always like too late to watch that, you know. And But anybody who is here, Sue is having her online program. It's absolutely amazing. She's like this radio host bringing all the news and it's really for anybody who is interested in, uh, in improving their TikTok or even starting, get into her program because she is doing such an amazing job. I absolutely love it. I'm always free. I'm always rec uh, listening to it like after the recording. So I'm sorry. <laughs> I wish hey, I could make hey, it. Marcella, you're so yes. Sweet. I appreciate that. And you do the yeah for thirty-seven dollars a month. You guys, you can get it anywhere. She is so professional. You can ask her questions, you know, she's there, always there for an hour with you. And it's just really cool. Thank you so much for doing that. I was just looking at the feature on Facebook. I have a question for you, Sue. The, um, the Reels on Facebook, it's not rolled out here in Europe yet, but I have, I wanted to ask you, do you think, because I am actually posting my TikTok uh, videos on Facebook, on the stories, and it, they're, they're pretty, doing doing well but it doesn't go into thousands you know it's just like all these friends that <laughs> like like to see it but they don't have a tiktok i see that i get about 150 views 200 views which is actually good for short stories um do you think that you can with these reels on facebook that you can actually build oh i'm sorry i got a phone call build like a brand just like on TikTok that would actually work similar way uh, as it works on TikTok or is it just gonna be like kind of like similar to the to those shorts that that are already there what do you think about that uh, from you know from have you, you have been testing it so what do you see do you see the results or how do you like it yeah yeah um, thanks Marcella great question and thank you for the kind words as well I appreciate that um, so what's definitely different of the shorts uh, or sorry the stories versus the reels is that stories go out to your the people that are following you and your friends whereas the reels 
go out to like who knows who, but they go a long, long way. So yes, I believe that you could build in the same way that you could on TikTok. I'm, um, I, I've got, I think I've got 12, just to give actual numbers, I've got 12, 12 Facebook reels up and three of them are over 300,000. One of them is at about 700,000 views. And so that's wow, nothing. That's cool. Yeah. Like that's nothing. And these are just like, these are just trending videos. A couple of them are my own, but anyway, there it's, the point is, is that it's, it's definitely reaching an audience far beyond your network on Facebook. So it's, again, it's somehow it's tapping into that. It's got that same kind of algorithm thing going where it's spewing it out to like thousands and thousands of people that don't even follow you. So that's very interesting. And then, um, you 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 start getting followers on Facebook, which is kind of a different thing too. Because I know, um, which I also I don't know if anybody else noticed, but just recently on Facebook now, when you go to people's profiles, it tells you how many people are following the person at the top. That's new. That's since the the meta change. Um, yeah. So yeah, so that leads me to believe that this whole like these reels that are going out are gaining new followers. And so you, you really can build a following of people that you don't know with your reels. I'm seeing okay, it happening. So, so you basically, you do not have to approve these new people that are like, not right now I'm getting requests for friendship and it's usually some bizarre people, you know, <laughs> late in, in last year of some like dating sites. I don't even know how these people are finding me, but so no, this in, way you yeah, are getting not, followers immediately right away you don't have to approve anybody that that could be a game changer right. for facebook that's right i've yeah i've gotten a, a, a probably a thousand followers or something just from my reels if i'm wow. if i'm looking that's yeah cool. and those yeah, are like friends yeah yeah well because christy's got one going crazy yeah so people are actually following um following people on Facebook. It's so it's, it's there. It, uh, yeah. It's a separate thing than adding you as a friend. They can just follow you through your reels. Yeah. It's Very interesting. Like a, it, yes, it is. Because if you imagine this, it was only happening on TikTok. I gained 500 followers in last three days on TikTok. And it's like, I could, it would take me 50 years to do that on Facebook or on Instagram to gain 500 followers in two days. It's just uh, absolutely amazing can wait when it's here also too in Europe so yeah, yeah. well that's why we love TikTok so much thank you so much Marcella is uh we I just got a couple more minutes left here we're gonna start talking about Twitter in a couple minutes and I just wanted to make sure that if there's anybody else here that had a question uh for TikTok or any of the short video platforms either a question or something you'd like to add I want to make sure that we can get you in before we finish up here feel free to put up your hand if you haven't uh done that yet I have a TikTok question. Okay, who is that? I didn't see oh, It's Rocky, I'm sorry. Oh, hi, Rocky. Rocky. Sure, go for it. Yeah, um, the hashtags, how do you know what are the best ones to find, or do you just relate it to your, your niche? Yeah, definitely niche-specific on TikTok. Um, I, as far as how many, too many look pretty spammy because they all show up as part of the description. Three or four seems to be a, a nice number, but really the main thing um, it's not about finding or using hashtags that people are searching for. It's the hashtags are really more about letting the algorithm know 
what the video is about. So if it's a video about cats and you say cat video and cats of TikTok, then then TikTok's going to take it and it's going to show it to people that want cat videos. And that's why you don't want to go using hashtags that you think are just a big draw uh, or like a trending hashtag unless it absolutely is specific to your content because you don't want to get people watching your video based on a hashtag if it's not actually about that because then then you're just like disappointing them right so um definitely more it's it's quite different than instagram it's more about using hashtags that let tiktok know what the video is about so they can show it to those people looking for that content so great question i'm gonna just uh wind things down here i wanted to uh, share a couple things before I do that. Um, so I was talking about um, all of the different strategies, the content, the consistent content, the hashtags, the relevant content, uh, honing in on what it is that you're going to do. And I really, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I really love when I see people on TikTok that are not very niche specific, because to me, that's you know, and I know Tom loves that too. And, and I know Brooke is all is about that too, where it's more about just creating great content in different areas and not being so niche specific. And I can tell you that that I believe is kind of a more fun way of content creation, especially if you're somebody that likes to do a lot of different things as I do. Um, but what is definitely seems to be better for growth on TikTok is when you're really, really specific. So if you can hone in on a specific micro, very targeted niche and do a lot of content in that niche, uh, I think you're going to see some, some really great growth. And then you can always expand out. You can try different things. You can do different series maybe that, that is a little bit outside of your niche. You can always test. That's the cool thing, too, is that you, you can really do no wrong on TikTok. You can try all kinds of things, and some of it's going to stick. Some of it's not. It's a numbers game. Uh, so you want to create definitely quality, but get some quantity out there, too. You don't want to be dropping one video and then closing down the app for a couple weeks and going back and, and seeing how that one video did. It, it definitely is about creating consistent content, and Zuzu would also agree. Uh, so with that... I do want to let, I've had a lot of requests over the last year. I've been looking back over the last year too. Uh, a lot of requests have been for one-on-one -on -one coaching, which I haven't done at all over the last year. And I am now opening things up to work with two people. Uh, I want to work with people who are really ready to create that consistent content, not just dabble in it. You got to be wanting it really and, and, and ready to really dive in and be consistent and also be accountable. So I'm going to be there to hold you accountable. And that is one of the things that I, I absolutely think is missing is that you've got the, the determination and you're going to go for it, uh, but you don't have anybody to hold you accountable. So I'll, I'll make sure that you're accountable. I'll give you regular content creation tasks and I will make sure that you take whatever it is that you've got this idea this business this goal this dream this vision whatever it is that you want to grow and make big and get the exposure that you know you deserve and and you do deserve it so I'm here to tell you that and to help you with that I do have a link up there at the top 
It's uh, cupofsue.com. And if you go there, you can tap on the top button, which will take you to set up a call with me. And we'll we'll have a chat for a few minutes and find out what it is that you want and need and see if uh, it might be a good fit for us to work together. So I would love to hear from you. Thank you so much for joining me. My name is Sue Zimmerman. This is the social media show. We are here every weekday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern time. And I am going to hand over the torch. We're going to mix things up a little bit because Tom is away. Uh, am I handing it back to you for a minute, Nate? Oh yeah, you know, you know, I gotta have okay. a little fun with my picks. But uh, All right. give us, Sue, Over tell you, us a little Nate. bit. Tell, before we do that, tell us a little bit about cupofsue.com. What a great website name. What can okay. people uh, find out over at cupofsue.com? Well, thank you, Nate. So this actually was something that came out of wisdom. Oddly enough, I, I've been spending a bit of time over on the wisdom app, and there's one of my guys that comes every day to hang out his name is Dwayne my go-to guy Dwayne is what he calls himself and one day he came and said you know I always got to stop by for my daily cup of Sue and I thought hmm, wait a second so I've always wanted to I, I I I've wanted to do a podcast that is beyond just TikTok but kind of encompasses uh, more of the things I do and you know that was always part of the plan and then when he said cup of sue i thought okay there it is what a great what a great podcast name and then i actually was able to get the domain which never happens so i thought well that's obviously meant to be so uh so yeah i got cup of sue.com it's just forwards now to my my linkedin bio which has all of my stuff um so that's all it is right now is a is a redirection but um it's going to be the name of my upcoming podcast and things I love that name, and I look forward to the podcast, Sue. Thanks for another powerful segment. Always sharing so many tips on short-form video and all things social media. Thank you for being you. And, uh, guys, stay tuned to the Cup of Sue podcast coming soon. And you guys can check out that link at the top. It'll stay up uh, for a little while, and uh, as well as just find out where Sue hangs out. I know she hangs out in Wisdom. She obviously hangs out with us here in Clubhouse. And so, guys, my name's Nate Forrest. This is the social media show. We're live each weekday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And each Tuesday, we usually talk about short-form video, which is what we've been talking about for the last hour with the Sue Zimmerman of cupofsue.com. But today, we're going to do a little pivot for an hour. We're going to have some fun, and uh, we're going to talk about – we're going to answer the question – should you tweet? If you look at the headline, should you tweet? We've already covered the short form video. And I want to introduce a, a good friend of mine. Um, last week, I was spending time in his home. I've been to his home twice now. I got to hang out with him and his and his pet monkeys with some other friends. And my friend Joy Farley here on stage got to hang out with us. And I want to tell you a little bit about Michael Robinson, who's going to share some information on Twitter. He crushed Twitter a few years ago. And I'll let him tell the story. I know that that page, he shut it down for, for different reasons. And now he's back crushing Twitter again, just crossed 10,000 followers. So we're going to talk about why you should maybe start tweeting a little bit, what audience you should uh, focus on on Twitter. It's a different type of audience than Clubhouse, Facebook, or Instagram. And so we're going to have that talk here. But before I do that, I want to tell you a little bit about Michael. He has a vast amount of experience in marketing strategy, uh, you know, running a, a marketing strategy firm, um, and, and as well as been a pastor of large churches. But most importantly, guys, he knows social media, he knows marketing, he's a fellow brother in Christ, 
But the guy, when you get to know some people on social media, sometimes you don't really know about people until you start spending time with them. Michael, I knew before I even spent time with him that he has a good heart. He's here to serve, and he uh, he pours into people with knowledge, information, and uh, just light, overall light. So, Michael, I'm glad that you're here. Let's have this discussion. I'm going to be taking notes because my friend Ramon Ray, who's also here, we're going to have him jump in to share some Twitter stuff. Let's talk Twitter. Are people still hanging out on Twitter, and should we tweet? Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Robinson. The mic is yeah, yours. I guess I'll just have to cash app you later for that intro because that was a bit much. So I really appreciate that, man. So, and, you know, the less than glamour, of course, you've sat here in my living room. But, of course, right now I've got critters crawling all over me and all that good stuff. And, uh, you know, life is life is real, not always glamorous. That's for sure. So, um, but you know what? Here's the thing. And I, I was just telling, uh, you know, Monica, and, and I've said this to a number of other people of all the social media channels and granted it is probably next to Facebook, you know, the Facebook MySpace days, uh, you know, one of the OGs is Twitter. And I just think back to the very beginning when I first got involved with Twitter and you know, I I always tell the story because it definitely takes the cool factor out of me, which I'm totally fine with. But I remember sitting on my couch in late 2007, it was in December, 2007, my dad, calls me and says, hey, have you heard about this thing called Twitter? So-and-so told me about it. You need to check it out. And I remember going and looking, pulling up the website and thinking, who the heck raised money for this piece of junk? And who's going to read at the time was 120 characters. Who who can get anything accomplished in like three sentences? And, you know, the reality is, is I think the intrigue of criticism drew me into it to watch it. And so in early 2008, I began to engage with Twitter and very, very quickly, uh, and I'll share some of the, those tips and tricks and those things that I, I think make the difference uh, should you choose to engage with Twitter. But very, very quickly, I found the value add with Twitter and uh, the value add of being able to, to put yourself in a, a space of brevity because that's really important. You know, I, I've spent a lot of time and, and again, I'll break this down in a minute, but I spent a lot of time in the venture capital world in the startup world and working with pitches. And so what's really interesting is so much of the Twitter space is built around that idea of brevity. Can you give your elevator pitch? Can you get something across in a short amount of time? And they've made some changes to allow people to have a more long form content flow now than, than most people realize. But, but in all reality, the, the call to action, the draw for your audience, the bringing people in, the engaging people has to happen in a short, brief moment. And if you can dial that in, you can be really effective. So from 2008 until about 2012, Twitter became one of my best friends. I was in the nonprofit space, like Nate said earlier. At the time, I was pastoring one of the largest churches in the United States. And one of one of my things in the background, and occasionally it's brought up, but uh, I've been doing nonprofit work in Haiti for gosh, 22, 23 years now. And um, during that time frame, Twitter became a really powerful tool for sharing moments, for sharing stories, for sharing information. And of course, you had all these plugins, uh, you know, to be able to share images, because in the early days of Twitter, you couldn't even share an image. So you had to put these links up. So you had image hosting and all these different tools that had to come into play. You had to dial in. And of course, Twitter has become increasingly easier to deal with these days. 
because everything's kind of built in and baked in at this point. But in those days, we would tell those stories. We'd have those calls of action. We'd drive people to things. And in that course of four years, we were able to generate well over a million dollars of income from dialing in the power of a simple call to action, from drawing people into a story to sharing the narrative of, of capturing people's attention. And so in my Twitter journey, that was fantastic. After about 2012, uh, up through about 2015, really that was one of those seasons. And all social media goes through this. We've seen it with Facebook. We've seen, well, I mean, we've seen it across the board. We've seen it with Instagram in, in the decade plus that Instagram has been a dominant force in the market space. Uh, even with TikTok, there was a lull in between the musically and TikTok conversions and things like that. And so, you know, you have these lull phases. During that lull phase, I really found that the 275,000 plus followers I had who were used to my regular engagement really became a burden for me because I didn't have a purpose to utilize it at the time. And if there's anything I can tell you that's really, really important when you think about the use of Twitter, it's really thinking about your purpose. You've got to be really, really clear on your why before you ever – and we say this a lot with everything, but I'm going to tell you this is true in Twitter because you have limited space and time to capture people's attention. You've got to be really, really clear on your why before you move to your what. And during that lull period, I wasn't super clear on my why to utilize the what being Twitter. And so I was an OG, man. I had the blue check mark. I was verified. I looked really important at the time. And I shut that account down because for a number of years there, I actually had, had someone on staff who handled that, who handled my DMs, who handled the incoming messages and the flow and the content and all of those things. And when the money stopped flowing, you know, I had to, I had to make some decisions. I, I do deeply regret, and I will tell you this, and I want you guys to think about this. Because you want to be present, but you got to think with the future in mind. One of my mistakes in leadership and growth is giving up something because I was frustrated with it or because I wasn't sure about it, as opposed to protecting and stewarding that asset. And so in, in late 2015, I shut that account down, gave it up. And actually, about a year later, I thought, oh, man, I need to go back and get that. It could be a powerful tool. I was about more clear on my why. And of course, the thing about Twitter is that when you when you shut down an account, you've got 30 days or you don't get to restore that account. So just keep little things like that in mind when you think about the use of a platform like Twitter. So in 2017, I actually re-engaged my Twitter and opened it back up, uh, used it for a little bit, and over the last 18 months, really engaged pretty heavily with Twitter. And I just want to kind of walk you through some things that Twitter can be extremely uh, – useful for can be incredibly powerful for and then definitely want to take some time to to answer some questions to help you guys strategize around this so in the change in in twitter over the last couple of years is now you can go you've gone from 120 characters to 240 characters so now you can get about six to eight sentences worth of information in about a paragraph uh worth of information in there but they've also added the ability to string tweets together so you can certainly put a continuous stream of thought or an idea together. And a couple times a week, I might rant on something, uh, might share something. And so when you tweet, you've got the option when you're looking at the tweet you just sent to click add another tweet and don't put that information out there. But one of the most crucial things in, in a tweet, if you are looking to engage this for business, for brand growth, uh, for cross-pollination across other platforms, is to engage all of your content with a call to action. 
utilize that linkage to draw people in. But just like anything, and I, again, there's nothing super, super unique about Twitter. The thing is, I think sometimes people look at it as the older platform or they don't think about it as the storytelling platform because it's not based on imagery and video. It's based on the actual content, the written content that you're going to put out there and those calls to action. But one of the things that you really want to do actively on a consistent basis is to tell a story. In those early days of Twitter, the things that made people go viral is, oh, they tweet out their, where they're eating lunch or where they're going to dinner and food pics and all those sorts of things. And, of course, it translated into Instagram and all these different areas. But the thing that you really want to do is begin to tell a story or begin to add value. So, you know, one of the interesting things in journalism, I work real closely with a lot of the, the really big guys in journalism that we know happens to work in journalism, happens psychologically for us is here are the top three of this or the top five of that or the top ten of this. Twitter is a fantastic place to engage an audience with things like a top ten list because you have people's attention for a very short period of time. So one of the things that you want to think about in a content strategy is when you're developing uh, anything that you want to put out on Twitter, break that content down into bite-sized pieces and make sure that those pieces are memorable and repeatable. And say that again, make sure that as you disseminate content in a platform like Twitter, because you have people's attention for a very limited amount of time, you want to make sure that what you share is memorable and repeatable. I remember a few years back, I was having a conversation with the CEO at Evernote, and we talked about the evolution of that app in particular, and I think Twitter is a really good example of this mentality and psychology in, in the consumer market today. But when Evernote was first developed, it was developed as a desktop app. And when they developed it, the average use time on the desktop app was between two and a half and four minutes. So people would go on, copy, paste, create documents, whatever, hit save and stick it. Just like, you know, uh, anytime you use any type of cloud-based drive to save information. Then when they adjusted that and they released their app, for the iPad or for, a ta for the tablet infrastructure, the time of use on an Evernote app decreased down to about 90 seconds, 90 seconds. When they reduced that down even further to, to the phone format, so for Android and iOS, it reduced to under one minute, under one minute of consistent use. And then Evernote went so far as to make a, a, an app for the Apple Watch when they first came out. And it reduced the average use time to about 15 seconds. You need to think about that evolution of information. We live in a microwave society. And so Twitter is one of those places that is consistently moving. It is a constant stream of information. And you have that last iteration of Evernote reality. You have a 10 to 15 second window to get people's attention. So the importance of making something memorable and repeatable is absolutely crucial. Now, you can string together those thoughts. Like I said, you can add another tweet. You can engage something that makes people want to come back. Or you give them that tidbit of information and you drive them to a conversion page, to a call to action, to a click through, or to your other social media. So in, in my evolution and the account that I use now, uh, again, one of my specialties is the nonprofit space. If you're ever looking for help, I'd love to lean in and help you think about developing 
your messaging and your content strategy for the nonprofit space because it is it is definitely my forte. But I call people to action. So you want to cast a vision. So think about this. If you could put out three to four tweets at a given time, you want to cast a vision for what you're what you want to tell people. Beyond that, you want to tell them how to be engaged. The next step would be telling them then how they make an impact through that engagement. And then your fourth step would be how to engage. That would be your call to action. And so you consistently want to drive people and you want to create interaction. You want to create a conversation. The only way to keep a tweet in front of people consistently is to ask questions or invite engagement in a post that keeps people touching it, responding to it, sharing it. Because without that, a tweet is gone in a matter of 15 seconds. Because Twitter is one of those places that if you're not consistently in there, you can't put up one or two pieces of content a day. Twitter definitely requires you to engage consistently throughout the day, but it takes very little time. So if you think about your content strategy that maybe you're putting out on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, those sorts of things, think about it in a handful of sentences, break that content strategy down and share it. Because the truth is you don't have to create new content. You can repurpose your current content. You just want to do it in bite-sized pieces because when you do it in those bite-sized pieces, you consistently engage. I would tell you that optimally to truly engage a great audience in, in a platform like Twitter, you're going to want to post 10 to 15 times a day at a bare minimum, which sounds like a lot. But again, if you go in and create a one-minute reel or a story post or you're writing a paragraph and a half underneath your Instagram post or your Facebook post, think about the content. Break it down into a handful of sentences and then begin to share that out through Twitter. You can have the same call to action. You can have the same click-through links, but you've just got to deliver it in bite-sized pieces. So there's my deep and crazy knowledge, and uh, I can say with a lot of certainty, my magic bullet in Twitter has not been the monkeys. <laughs> in fact, the place that Twitter has become most valuable is you're able to engage in small groups, these microcosms, of conversation. So maybe you're in crypto or the NFT space, maybe you're in a particular form of multi-level marketing, maybe you are in you know, cre the creative space, it can be just about anything. The beautiful thing is it is not hard to find your tribe. And so you're able to engage in these spaces and you come in here and you engage in Clubhouse. Now Twitter's got spaces, which is their version of, of Clubhouse. And I go back and forth as to how I feel about it, but I'll tell you this, just even yesterday, I went and engaged for a few moments for about 30 minutes in, a in one of the Twitter spaces and engaged with the top 15 people in the NFT space who I've now been invited to further conversations. So when you make your content valuable, when you make your content memorable, and when you make your content repeatable, you may find yourself in the room and in, in places with people you never imagined you could be. And I go all the way back to 2009, which was my very first interaction with Richard Branson. It happened in Twitter. I started talking about making an impact, making a difference in the planet, giving back and generosity. And it just happened to be a conversation that while it didn't come from the same, you know, the, the same philosophical point of view, the, the ideals and the messaging resonated. It was memorable and it was repeatable. 
And I began this ongoing conversation that turned into a relationship with someone like Richard Branson. So I can never express to you the importance of showing up. One thing that, that I say often, and this is true in social media, if you are not reaching all people, you are not reaching anyone. That doesn't mean don't target your niche, but that means show up and broadcast well what you are doing and don't ever underestimate the power of Twitter. So there's my, my, my tiny masterclass around the power of Twitter. And so I, I'd love to open up to questions, certainly get input. I know Ramon's here. He's a super Twitter user as well. And uh, would love to hear from you guys on the impact that Twitter's had for you or how you want to see Twitter engaging for yourselves. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, Ramon talking about Twitter. He's got me, you know, kind of back interested in sharing some tweets. I don't do it enough, so don't get on to me, Ramon. But before that, I'm going to hog the stage and ask a question. Um, I noticed, you know, sitting here thinking about Twitter, I noticed that I go specifically to Twitter to see what poker players are doing. A lot of the poker players, I'm a poker player, a lot of the poker players communicate. They, you know, whether it's uh, information about their tournament, poker strategy. So I've noticed that I use Twitter for a specific community. I don't go to Facebook. I don't go to Instagram. I notice some of their posts on Instagram every once in a while, obviously. So with that said, should should people focus on one or two niches on Twitter? Can we? Can I communicate with entrepreneurs, network marketers? Whoa, that was across the street. Um, can I communicate with network marketers, entrepreneurs, poker players, and all the above on Twitter? Or should I really try to just focus on talking to one community on my Twitter account? No, I mean, I think you can engage with multiple communities on Twitter. I'll say this. A great, a great example is uh, one of the places, because, it, because Twitter itself is an OG in the Silicon Valley social media infrastructure, it is still a vibrant place for investors at all sizes. So the big investors, the angel investors, and the, the, the just hardcore entrepreneur crowd. And of course, you know, in Clubhouse, we are, again, a predominantly entrepreneur-driven crowd. So we tell you that there is a valuable infrastructure of information and connection available in that space. But you're exactly right, Nate, whether it's the poker players, uh, you know, I'm an avid watch collector of, you know, really high-end Swiss watches. There's a great, vibrant community there because, again, these communities were built in microcosm. And one of the reasons I think they remain effective, again, is the, the precise way that information has to be delivered. So if, as a poker player, they want to get in and talk about a tournament, they want to talk about a strategy, you know, they want to talk about a connection or an event, some, something of that sort, they have a very limited scope to be able to share that information and engage an audience. So the beautiful thing is you're not having to wade through paragraph after paragraph, page after page, post after post in order to find what you're looking for. It's usually very precise and easy to access anytime you're in Twitter. So I would tell you, get out there because, and again, just like anywhere else, hashtags are also very vibrant and very directed. So, it, you know, look, you can search those hashtags and start to discover those people in your space. You can just search keywords and find people and profiles that have that available and again begin to engage those and for the most part unless somebody's just you know overly marked their importance or has a you know overly large audience most people have left have started leaving their dms open i think that's something that you know as a result of the instagram culture where dms were always open uh, but you can find yourself engaging more because again i think the traffic is not as heavy inside the dms and inside 
the the content flow and so it, people are able to see it more uh twitter's done a better job of structuring their inbox so that the people you're actually connected with go to your primary message requests are put in a separate box so that's another thing you always just like i still have to remind myself that about facebook but uh in, or twitter does a really really good job of allowing you to see the message requests as, as a notification at the top of your inbox so it is a lot easier, in my opinion, to engage people and a lot of times connect with people at the top of that niche or that community that you're looking for inside a space like Twitter. Love it. Love it. Love it. I love the clarity. Ramon Ray, are you there, my friend? I am here, Nate. What's Ramon, up, Michael? Good to be here with I, you, stars. Man. Yeah, Ramon, man. should people tweet and who should they tweet for? Absolutely. People should tweet. <laughs> and uh, give me uh, – can I have two minutes, Nate? Take yeah, 10, we, take 20. No, nah, yeah, I can't I don't have all that. <laughs> here's something. I'll, I'll prime this pump. I'm going to set you up, Ramon. So you just all right. you do what you're doing. I'm going to set you up. So <laughs> have fun with this. Something that I've noticed, and, and I pay attention to the way people engage in Twitter. One of the things that I think is a great strategy that Ramon engages so well is the idea of sharing other people's content. Because it's super easy to hit that reshare share button or quote a tweet. Quoting is a great way to add your thoughts or your two cents on top of it. But engaging other people's content to show them honor and respect is, you know, so if we talk about giving flowers here on Facebook, you know, we talk about showing that love and, and sharing a, a clubhouse page uh, in, in a story on Instagram or those sorts of places in Twitter. One of the best ways to do that is to quote or retweet somebody else's content and you begin to get their attention. So again, if there's somebody that's higher up in your niche or your world that you want to get their attention and have them really engage with you or hopefully connect with you, one of the best ways to do that is to reshare their content, to comment on their content and to engage with them directly. But that retweeting and that sharing or going in when you've heard something that maybe in a place here like Clubhouse and, and you know that that person's on Twitter going in and taking a quote from what you've heard and sharing it and tagging that person in that tweet because it begins to get their attention. They will pay attention to that. And it it's one of the more powerful tools that I have found to engage uh, with some of the folks higher up in the entrepreneur space, the social media world. And Twitter, again, I, now more than it was three or four years ago, the attention is available to you at a greater level. So. Uh, but again, you can't post once or twice a day. You've got to stay engaged with it throughout the day. But it only takes a few minutes to catch up, to pay attention, and uh, to, to follow, retweet, and engage people in that space. I love that. I love that. I love that. Nathan, thanks for having me. Michael, it's good hanging with you and all these smart people. But I'll be very brief. And everything Michael said is true for sure. As you were talking, Michael, I just took some notes. I was going to just riff through that real quick, kind of a top 10. I'll do it very fast. But Nate, again, thank you very much, Michael. You're a wise, wise man. And I hope everybody follows Michael. But a few things I'll say, uh, riffing off of what Michael said about retweeting, which is one thing I do. For me, Michael and Nate, and, and everybody listening, Twitter's like a country club of social media. Indeed, it's not as big you know, as, as special or as popular as TikTok, Subi Zimmerman talks about, IG, Facebook, all these other tools, even Pinterest, huge, you know, it, massive networks. The visual is much bigger on other platforms. But since it is like the country club of social media, in my opinion, how I leverage it and to set the stage for kind of what I do, my specialty is very focused. I work with large technology brands who are very focused on very small businesses. 
So every top 50 to 100 brand that markets to small businesses, Dell, HP, MailChimp, Lead Pages, Infusionsoft, AWeber, mention any of them. They've been my client or I've worked with to set the stage on that, which to your point, Michael, which is why it rocks for me. Because I'm not going for the masses like Sue B, maybe, or Barbara Majeski, you know, pumpkins and funny dance and stuff. That's not me. I'm going to a highly targeted audience. And most all these people, the journalists, the influencers, still a little old school, but they're all on Twitter. So real quick, 10 points, and then I'll be done here and turn it back to you, Nate and Michael. But I'd say yes, Twitter's like the country club of social media. Get attention of those interested really in what you're saying. You know, my sister-in-law's here, and she's like, Ramon, look at this guy, this old man, he's playing basketball. Twitter's not for that, to laugh and, and look at it over and over again to a degree. Um, on IG, unless you have a large following, there's no links. So to your point, Michael and Nate, while I like it for Breakfast with Champions, we can tweet something out and have a link right there. Everybody can do that. Woo, woo, back to you as well. Um, no, another thing is that I curate the best information and I share it with my audience. Michael said this true as well. So I think the curation, to curate it with the best of your audience, really, really important as well. That curation, curation, curation is everything. Another thing that I do is use a social media scheduling tool. So every Friday, I look through all the email newsletters that I get, and I curate them to one folder. I go through them, and that's my secret weapon. I share that out using a tool called Agora, but there's so many others. To share that out, to Michael's point, tweeting 10, 15, et cetera times a day, you kind of have to do that on Twitter. Um, four more points, and I'll be done here. Consistently tweet, narrowly focus, definitely tagging others, because since it's not as large, it's like the country club, right? It's a little smaller. It's hard for somebody like Michael or Nate to see everybody who's DMing them. Twitter, it's small enough and it's curated enough. You know who's tagging you, you know, at least at the level I found. Follow others. And uh, I think I'll stop there. Yeah, I just wanted to add those points. But Michael, thanks. Nate, thanks for inviting me to uh, share, for, to hang out with you all for a few minutes. I have a question. This is Alexander. If I could uh, pose the question to Yeah, go for it, man. Ramon or whoever wants to. So. <clears throat> Okay, so 10, 15 times a day, I got it. You can retweet, I get it. So it's, it's a two-part question. So first off, it, and first off, I have to say that I'm totally here for your utilization of the word vibrant, Michael. I love how you use it. Uh, hashtags are vibrant over there. I'm like, yes, here for that. I, I don't find Twitter to be vibrant. So number one, is, it in, is engagement in other people's posts, not just treat, retweeting, but actually commenting in their stuff as important as we see on other platforms. And secondarily, okay, I started my Twitter, you know, I think three months ago, cause I was like, I may as well just add it to my link here. I don't have zero followers. What do I do to get started? Like, what is a strategy that I should be utilizing? Meaning, should I have two original posts a day, um, five retweets, does that make sense? To kind of get to that 10, what does that look like? By the way, I retweeted your um, raising money for the monkeys. Uh, I saw that. I, <laughs> I saw that. So it comes up. So what I would say is that's a great strategy there, right? So you know, one of the things that that you know you've built your voice around, obviously, is just spreading love and joy, uh, bringing people to the right mindset, getting healthy, those sorts of things. Find that audience and engage those the that audience as well, like agreeing with those things, agreeing in those moments. But I would say that engaging in those posts makes a huge difference. Um, that is specifically how I was able to build a relationship with Gary Vaynerchuk uh, in those early days was actually just going in and staying consistent in my commenting and engagement with his content. And eventually those people start to pay attention, but it's not just Gary that pays attention. So a good, for instance, is 
and I'll use a fresh example. Last night, Gary Vaynerchuk went in there in the NFT space and was giving away 10 NFTs that he purchased. And he's been doing this a lot lately. One of the things that I did specifically last night, because, you know, out of the God knows how many millions of people who are in there clamoring, trying to find their way to win one of these NFTs, what I'm doing is really looking to engage the audience for a different play. Okay. So you've got to think strategically about everything, just like we think strategically about TikTok, about Instagram, think strategically. So the thing that I want to lean into deeply was engaging his audience because his audience is paying attention and they're looking at the comment, the commentary underneath the post, and they're looking at the commentary underneath the engagement around those. So as he gave out those 10 NFTs last night, I stayed on point just during that 20 minute period of time to try to be the first one to comment congratulations to all the winners or to give a compliment through that process. And what happened is, is you engage and you gain a by gain probably, I don't know, 30 to 40 followers. It wasn't anything like a massive landslide, um, but engaging at that level. But once you gain that engagement and, and Nate and, and Joy were with me the other night when I just kind of set my mind to it and went in and, and struck up a couple engagements just like that and gained 800 followers in about a 45 minute period of time. So when you choose to engage, the thing that you got to think about is it's not just getting in front of the one big person, but getting in front of their audience. So again, we talk about targeting on Facebook ads, right? Where you, you want a lookalike audience and you set up your ads and your infrastructure to target a lookalike audience. The difference in Twitter is you engage that actively. So I think about the people that I would love to have a similar audience to them or I would like to have their audience's attention. And so I go in and I engage with them and their audience because that's how I get the attention. And again, it's like a conversation. The Twitter, you have to think about Twitter like this, just like going to a conference. Once I'm there, I'm in front of people. And when I'm with people and around people, the more conversations that I have, the more connections I'm gonna make and the more impact I'm gonna have. So it, Twitter is a much more active platform than a passive platform that you can set it and forget it. You definitely have to show up for it. Michael, I love how you were very, very purposeful and strategic in Gary Vee, and I think that's wise. I hope everybody underline what Michael just said. Be very strategic. I'd like to know what you think, Michael, about a second uh, uh, advice for, for Alexander as well, Alexander. I would say, Alexander, do all that you're doing on the other more image-focused social platforms. One thought to think of, and I'd love to see what you think about this, Michael, is on Twitter – Engage with the authors, let's say health, for example, authors of health, brands of health. Be the Alexander Twitter guy who's all over Twitter, retweeting, curating, latest news, commenting 15, 20 times a day, and you can use a tool to help you. So once a week, you have the incoming flood from New York Times, Wall Street Journal, Washington Post, all those, you know, highbrow stuff. And then tweeting out, tweeting out, tweeting out. For example, it says, JetBlue's handing out cookies for free to all its passengers. Alexander can retweet that and say, cookies to passengers? Hey, that's good, but what about carrots? So imagine doing stuff like that hundreds of times a month. You will begin to be known then on Twitter as whatever you want to be, if, if that makes sense in this short time. No, I, I think that's exactly it. And here's, here's something you, you tapped on that was, wasn't quite – I mean this isn't what you said, but you actually did <laughs> underline this. Guys, if you're listening in, one of the things I would tell you in Twitter specifically, everything you think that LinkedIn is, okay? And I'm a huge fan of LinkedIn as well. I've got a great, great traction at LinkedIn. But everything that you think LinkedIn is, 
Twitter is happening faster in that same audience. It is the CEOs, it is the authors, it is the business leaders, it is the movie makers, it is the creators in the NFT and the crypto space. It is all of these people who are leading their industry who are kind of at the top. They like that micro content because they don't have to think about it too much and they put it out there. So you can absolutely find those top people in each field and engage their content which eventually and most often does lead to engagement from them in some form or another. So I would tell you, yeah, exactly what you just said, Ramon, look for those top people, those top voices, those experts, because almost all of them actually do exist there in Twitter in some form. Okay. So I'm so excited. So this is, I just kind of want to recap. So this is the strategy that I'm going to use going forward, going forward. I'm going to look up, um, some of the different industry leaders in the niches that I have my um, my niches that are my niches, right? And then actually what I'm going to intentionally do is look more for not the Gary V's, but the Johnny V's that no one knows yet, but maybe has 10,000 followers, 15,000 followers, you know what I'm saying? And I'm going to kind of start retweeting them, start engaging with them. And then I'm also going to uh, – Look up, you know, maybe stuff that's happening in this to this day and age that can start a conversation that's not too polarizing, but a little bit of polarization is good. Tweak that and then get some interaction. And then on top of that, I'm going to engage on accounts that are in the same niche specific areas that I am in. Sound good? Absolutely, 100%. And again, you just said something really crucial there. And this exists on every social media platform, guys. You don't have to have Gary V's audience. You can have Johnny Z's audience because remember, Johnny is in Gary's audience, okay? And half of his audience came out of Gary's audience. So remember, don't overthink it. Go in there and find the people in your niche. Just be very, very strategic as you make that engagement because you will get the cross-pollination. Hey, Michael. Amen. And, and yeah, what's have, if I, if I had or, one more yeah. thing? Yeah, yeah. Alexander, remember Alexander and everybody else, use a curation tool because on Friday or Sunday night or Tuesday, you can tweet 50 tweets and comments, and then the tool can spread out 10 per day. Monica, the floor is yours, Monica. I just wanted to add that as well. Please, can can you just – sorry. Can you just give us the name of what curation tool – did you say it was called Agora? Sure. Uh, well, there's Buffer. There's Agora, A-G-O-R-A. Probably tweet like a still around and probably a few other top ones. But Buffer is really cool. I use Agora, but that will help you kind of queue it all up so you don't have to manually, ooh, what did I tweet yesterday? Since Twitter, unlike Facebook, you don't want to post, right, Alexander? Ten times a day on Facebook, that's way too much. But Twitter, as Michael said, once an hour, several times a day, that's par for the course. A steady stream of useful insights because it's like a living news feed. Love it. Thank you, Monica. Sorry, friend. Love you, though, Miss. Oh, no worries. No worries. Um, I love this discussion because as I was telling Michael in the back channel, um, Twitter is my OG social media boyfriend. That was where I hung out and I continue to hang out, and that's where my largest um, group is, my largest audience. But here's what I'll share with you, Alexander. Two things, actually. I discovered that when I shifted from being sort of a generalist on Twitter, like just a regular old person tweeting about random things, to, to being a specialist and, and really kind of uh, expressing my niche around health and mindset and wellness and self-mastery, my following like blew up. Second thing is that there's a really cool feature on Twitter that no one's mentioned that I'd love to be able to share with you all and everybody who's listening, and it's called Lists. Lists, can, well, Twitter can be overwhelming depending on how many followers you have and how many you're following. 
but there's a thing called lists. So you can create curated lists of your own with different topics. So like I have a list of Atlanta people who live locally. I have a list of coaches. I have a list of entrepreneurs that I follow, right? So it allows you to filter your Twitter feed super efficiently. The other thing is cool is that there's something in your Twitter called list you're on. So you can look and see who's put you on a list and what it's called. And then you can begin to find people that are on those lists or on with those, oh my God, you're on the list with to follow. And there's also a, a service or a, a feature called topics. So if you click on that, it has followed topics, suggested topics. And so that's the way that you can begin curating your feed and finding leaders and people to follow. And then when you follow people and engage with them, of course, we know how that works. It, you know, they follow you. And Alexander, I, I did follow you on Twitter. I'm not sure how long ago, but I'm, I'm grateful to you for reminding us that you have a Twitter account because now I'm going to go to your Twitter and I'm going to engage with it because the way Twitter works, to my knowledge, is the more I engage with your tweets, the more I'll see your tweets. Um, so I just I wanted to share those three little tips. I hope that's helpful. This is Monica in the Turquoise Circle. Well, Monica, I went and followed you when you started talking and I retweeted your transformation tweet that you just put earlier. Uh, so proud of you. And yeah, that's all I want to say. Eric, did you want to say something? Yeah, I would love to chime in really quickly. This is an amazing conversation about Twitter. I just wanted to piggyback on something that, that happened that somebody might, people might not have even realized, Alexander, when you were talking to Michael, Michael Ramon, um, just such great information. But when you said, Alexander, you said, hey, Michael, I, uh, I, I retweeted your, your whatever. And Michael said, oh, yeah, yeah, I saw that. Alexander, you have a hundred and some odd followers on Twitter. Michael has over ten thousand. That's a that's a hundred x more followers. If something like that happens on Instagram, or on TikTok, or pretty much any other social media platform, where somebody who has that many more followers than somebody else, they will often not see anything like that. And I think that's one of the great powers that Ramon and Michael are talking about here. Yes, yes, is yes. This power of engagement and people see it because the numbers are so much smaller uh, in terms of the, the retweets, et cetera. Normally they're, they're smaller. So people will, will tend to see it. I think that's the, that's part of this power of engagement that Michael and Mona are talking about how you can engage with people just as an anecdotal uh, thing. My D and D group, we, we don't have very many followers on Twitter. We have like maybe 400 or something like that. We were giving away a book and uh, to Ramon's part about the authors we we were giving it away and we just tagged them in the tweet where we're giving away their book and one of their one of the authors is Sam Whitworth who's a huge actor very successful actor has an enormous Twitter account and he and he uh, commented on the tweet because he saw it and he has a, a so much bigger of an account than we do so that this idea of being able to strategically target certain niches certain communities. And be able to engage with them. Twitter is an amazing, amazing platform for that. So I just wanted to piggyback on what you guys were saying with that. Hey guys, this is Matt. Um, I just want to give a little, little feedback because I, I have a, uh, I had a love-hate relationship. I loved Twitter, then I hated it, and I'm starting to like it again. Uh, so I joined Twitter back in 2009, and we used to have what was called tweet ups, where where people would meet up in in person off of Twitter. Uh, it was it was a nicer it was a nicer platform back then. But um, one day my friend called me and said, hey, we're going to go to North Jersey to a uh, wine store for a tweet up. I said, well, I'm not going to drive to North Jersey. He said, because it's Gary Vaynerchuk's tweet up. 
So ever since, and you guys brought up Gary a couple of times, ever since then, I've uh, had a good relationship with Gary because of Twitter and staying in touch with him there, but, uh, you know, going out to other events and everything. And this is before he wrote, he, he hadn't even wrote Crush at that, at that point, or I think it was just coming out. And there was about 10 of us in his office at that tweet up, uh, hanging out for about an hour and a half. So, uh, you know, in a couple, in next month, or no, month after that, I'm going to be interviewing Gary on my wisdom channel uh, because of that. So as I've stayed in touch with him and, and we've, we've stayed, stayed, um, you know, kind of just in touch over the years. But I've also, like James Clear, uh, we were on a book club, and I reached out to him on Twitter, and I got him to come to our book club. So, yeah, you can still reach out to, to the bigger people on there as well and kind of have that engagement and have that um, back and forth with them to, to be able to do that. But I think, you know, as of late, I've been using a lot more because, you know, when I come into here, I'll tweet this link out for this show. And it's interesting because half the people on here I see don't have – uh, you know, don't have Twitter or they don't have it on their accounts because the people that do, it will tag them in that tweet. Uh, and the ones that don't, uh, it doesn't, which is usually good because I have to delete some of the uh, the text to make it all in one tweet with the link. But uh, also on Wisdom, because they don't have a back channel, uh, I've been using that to contact people, uh, especially while we're talking on Wisdom. If I wanted to send them something right then and there, I say, hey, I just tweeted at you. Take a look. And it's like a picture or something else there. So I've been using that uh, as a back channel. But it's a good it's a great way to kind of keep in touch with people and do that. And, and a friend of mine who's on the West Coast this morning asked a question about charities. I come on and back, and while we're talking, I just went and looked. Now there's a whole conversation going on there about charities that I haven't been in on because I've, I've, been, I've been in here. So once I get done here, I'm going to jump back over to that and, and talk to them. So it, it, it is a really good and, – and even before the pandemic, we were still using it to meet up with people. So a lot of the networking events and stuff we would, we would have – to be able to get, as you said, that kind of that, that micro niche and, and find people specifically around that, um, you're, you're still able to do that. So Twitter uses the hashtags really well, always has. Um, and, and Monica, you brought up list. That's another great way to do it. So it is a really good way to engage with people. It's just, you know, it's one more thing. It's, it's time consuming. So I think Ramon and, and Michael, you know, put out some really good plans there as to how to use it and how to use it efficiently with, with along with the other social channels. Thanks, guys. So, so just to clarify, what I'm hearing is to make my dream of me of meeting Gary V. Just tweet the crap out of it to him. Okay, so I'm here for it. I'm yeah. gonna meet if all these you people. That connect I've always wanted with to Gary, yeah, if you want to connect with Gary, I'm gonna tell you right now. Twitter is your best chance of getting getting there yeah. and engage. And I tell you right now, if you want, it, listen, I'll give this to everybody in the room because it's not a secret. By the way, this is how Gary is. Like his world right now is the NFT world. Get engaged in the NFT world. Just enjoy it because it's really an interesting thing. I got opinions about it, but I, that's for another day in time. Engage in it. Join his Discord. But even with his Discord, he's got you know hundreds of thousands of people connected to that Discord, but he still does all of his engagement through Twitter. So his giveaways, his interaction, his audience thing. Like today, he posted a deal where he just did his spot on the Today Show for his upcoming book release. And he asked people to, to, to comment back with their takeaway from the clip of his interview. And so, and again, one of the things I love about him, and specifically for you, Alexander, is because there's a lot of resonant message there, right, about kindness and giving back and letting love lead and letting the heart be the center of your organization. And so you have incredibly engaging content. So stay in that space, engage with him consistently. You may find, surprisingly, how easy it is to engage. And again, that's the thing, guys. When you engage at that top level, again, the resonant thing that put me in relationship with a guy like Richard Branson is because we share core values 
about impacting the planet, about making a difference in generational impact. And so engaging that conversation consistently resulted in a relationship. So I would tell you, think about that. Don't go in. Again, this is about strategic thinking, but it also has to be genuine, guys. If you don't think about this from a genuine heart, if this is just a ploy so you can say that you're friends with so-and-so on social media, or this is just a ploy to hopefully get a retweet, you're probably going to get really frustrated at some point because, again, everybody has got a bullshit meter. And if you don't, if you come at this thing with any BS in your back pocket, it's not going to work, guys. It's got to be genuine. It's got to be true to you. I'll, I'll just say one more thing to that, too, Michael. Uh, that's, you know, it's a good way to start a conversation with a Gary or anybody else. But to steal Gary's line, jab, jab, right hook, you know, you, you still have to find a way to get back to him. I think, you know, with Gary, you're right, NFT is, is his hot thing right now. But beyond Twitter, I would show up at his events when he had book signings, when he had he had something called Tahoe Tech Talk years ago. And it was like him, Kevin Rose, Tim Ferriss. There was like 200 of us at this event with all those guys at the same time. So uh, I was talking to somebody in Wisdom who wants to meet Grant Cardone. I said, have you been to a 10X yet? No. I'm like, well, I would suggest starting there and, and doing that. But once you meet him in person and say, hey, I'm Matt McHale, then you tweet him and, and then you and then you go back. You know, it's, it's like anything else. If you can, you know, take these platforms, but then use them in, you know, offline, use them in real life and get, you know, and Alexander, you're memorable. I tell you that all the time. Like if someone sees your picture or, or hears you talk once, they're gonna remember you. So if they saw you on here, or they'll see you on Twitter interacting, and then they meet you in real life. When you're back on Twitter again, they're gonna remember you without question. So I would use that kind of, you know, compliment it in, in real life and going back and forth with platforms. Thanks. This is, this is Rocky. This is, this, is, this is Rocky speaking. Um, I was his Facebook moderator for three years and still never met him, but I have two contacts if you want to meet with him directly. However, the purpose behind why you want to meet him, I think is the bigger issue because you definitely can get people that can get to them. It's just the reason behind and if it's going to be worth his time. So just wanted to add that. Yeah, for sure. And I was I was being, you know, facetious. I was being funny, like, you know, oh, Twitter's the way to meet the, you know, I think there is truth behind it. And I think that I, the reality of the matter is this, is that if I needed Gary V in my life for some reason, I know that I have everything within me to make that happen. <laughs> and so uh, I was being kind of funny, uh, but I love that everyone's connected to him. I mean, that's incredible that everyone has these incredible dope uh, connections to him. And and this is a great conversation about Twitter, and I think that we've been remiss these last 11 months of running the social media show and not giving Twitter this much attention. Uh, I, I, I did really only join Twitter for crypto because that is where you get basically, uh, you know, a lot of information on crypto. It's easier to go to Twitter than most places. Um, but I appreciate all the information and all the kind words. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited to start tweeting. I agree. I wish we would have done this from the beginning because I just now added my Twitter and we could have been getting a bunch of follows too, you know, and sharing each other's stuff. And I didn't know that you could share Clubhouse on there and it would tag people. That's so cool. Yeah, Twitter, here, here's the other thing, guys. Uh, part of the thing that, again, most people take for granted is that Twitter's one of those OGs. But because it's one of those OGs, it also has one of the best open APIs on the back end. So as far as getting information, and listen to me, if you're in this room, and you're a tech developer and you're developing something that needs to gather information. So this comes from my background in building tech, but the API on Twitter delivers information, demographics and, and things, again, somewhat neutralized, but incredibly powerful demographic information. And but it's also just because the ease of the open API, most of your up and coming tech platforms 
will build an API connection to Twitter for that very reason. It's very easy and it gives them validity because again, the user base on Twitter is still very large, active or inactive, and the information, well, is, I, I would tell you, it's probably, because I now think about Instagram and Facebook and WhatsApp and all that as one, one integration, but next to that, Twitter's got one of the best wells of information and user bases on the planet. This is Tiff with the Pink Bubblegum. I am so excited about using Twitter. I've, you know, honestly, I've not used it at all. Um, just a little bit here and there, and more so when I first got on to Clubhouse. So my, but my question is, if is it like Facebook? Like with Facebook, if you have, if you go on and you want to do a post and you want people to see it, one of the tips that I found that is super helpful to get engagement is to first, before you post anything, go and comment on other people's posts and send messages and do that for about five or 10 minutes prior to your post and right immediately after your post and that'll just show more engagement. I'm curious, is Twitter the same way as far as the algorithms? Does anybody know? So to, to, to some extent that, that yes, but really it's more about strategy. You gotta think about Twitter this way. Twitter is like the conversation we're having right now. Right. So when we're done with this conversation, unless you go back and listen to the replay, it's not likely to engage. Right. So the more you get people to engage, the more you show up in their feed. Yes. But after you've shown up in their feed, unless they go to your profile and and peruse through your profile, they're not going to see that tweet again. So it is about a present conversation that needs to occur. So to some extent, your strategy is right. You could go in and make a lot of comment commentary on somebody else's post or content and then immediately make your post and those people in that in that limited time frame are going to be more likely to engage with the content that you're putting out but the more consistently that you engage with people and they interact they like or they retweet the more you're going to show up so you do want to spur that on so it is an active conversation that has to occur it's not just a strategy around an algorithm but rather a connection and conversation Oh, good to know. Thank you so much. Well, one of the things too that you know, Twitter and Instagram had a, a feud for a very long time, and that just ended. You guys heard that. So when you post from your Instagram onto Twitter, uh, it's going to show the the Instagram post, so it's more engaging, where it's showing the picture or showing the information from Instagram. So as people are scrolling through Twitter, they're going to pick that up as well. So so it's going to complement. Uh, I know a lot of people here are, are on Instagram a lot, and they have a really good post. Uh, that'll really help um, your engagement on Twitter as well if you repost some of that stuff there. Yeah, that's so true, Matt. And that's across pollination. That's because Instagram finally opened their API up to a wider user base. So Twitter had, I, I think Twitter just basically had to resign to the fact that they weren't the only really open-ended API anymore. Um, so it makes a huge, huge difference. But you're exactly right. And guys, that's exactly it. You can absolutely go in and cross-pollinate your content. I know I said that earlier, but you know, a lot of times I don't, I don't tag my account, but like I'll take my TikTok videos and share them into Twitter. And, and by the way, in Twitter with video content, you can post just over two minute videos and they'll play right from the profile. So again, you can be targeted with, you know, go, putting that video content up and repurposing it and reusing those images. Uh, you can put four images on every post. So Think about how you use that comment or, or that, that, that content and put it out there for people to see. And a lot of times I've 
definitely had a number of people that have come over to TikTok and said, I found you because I was following you on Twitter. So it's a very interesting way. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.